Welcome to episode nine of the AV Geeks Assemble podcast. I'm Andrew returning this week and I will be your host. In this episode, we have another very special special guest joining us to talk all things photography, aviation and the US Air Force. Uh, just a quick one before we carry on. I just want to obviously thank Ant for taking the reins last week. Um, just a small interjection here. So basically where I was, I was seeing my parents for the first time in months due to COVID. Um, just basically wanted to add a little section in here just to say uh, we've all gone through it around the world. Um, I just enjoyed that. And just for everyone else, meeting your friends and family for the first time in the next coming weeks and months, uh, enjoy it. Um, don't take it for granted uh, because this was something none of us were expecting. And um, yeah, it's nice to see that we're slowly starting to get back to some form of normal. Um, but yeah, onwards from that. Uh, joining me this week to speak to our special guest are Mike. That's uh, Mike. Hey, how you going? And then for the first time on the main podcast, Alex. Hey, how are you? Yeah, not bad. How are you getting on? I'm good, thank you. Good, good. Welcome aboard with the face and the voice on the screen. Good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, as you all hopefully should know by now, Alex is the man behind the scenes who, without you, mate, a lot of this wouldn't have been possible. Thank so, you. We thank you. Don't blast um, too much. <laughs> but uh, before we introduce our guest for this episode, we do have a few items we're going to discuss. Um, as you remember from our last couple of episodes, um, Ant was happy to announce uh, that our podcast has now transitioned to a video podcast that will be available on both YouTube and Co-app Online. Uh, Co-app Online, if you don't already know, is the new venture from Rich Cooper, which is your one-stop shop for all things aviation photography. We will leave a link in the description of this video. The audio-only version of the podcast is still available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, just search for AV Geeks Assemble. So A-V-G-E-E-K-S-A-S-S-E-M-B-L-E. Pretty long-winded, but... It is what it is. Um, <laughs> another item to note is that now, alongside our main podcast, we have a mini pod, which we have called The Debrief, which is a short form pod that will be an informal chat between the AV Geeks Assemble members without a guest. Our first debrief is already available on YouTube, so please let us know what you think. So, although we do state this on every episode, we must emphasize again that our opinions are our entirely our own, and that does also go for any of our guests, either today or in the future. So now that is out of the way, it's time for our guests to join us on this flight. We're still not quite sure on the final destination, but we will see where it goes. So with us today is a United States Air Force crew chief joining us all the way over from the USA. Alex, a.k.a. at Viking Aero Images on Instagram. You are right, Alex? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, not bad, mate. Thank you for joining us. Uh, of course, man. This is uh, something that I know we've been talking about for a while, so it's, uh, it's good to finally be here and see what we can talk about. Yeah, mate. It's <laughs> nice to put a face to the name as well, because I see we have been chatting to you for a little while. Yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, that's the thing with Instagram, man. You meet so many people in a lot of different places and it's just like, you don't know who they are. And that's the cool thing about it though, too, is you can know people all over the world and be friends with them. And then uh, you don't even know what their face looks like. Yep. Yeah. 
yeah. And uh, obviously, because of COVID, things like Zoom have become massive. Obviously, they've been there in the past, but because of COVID, they've just exploded with popularity and mainly necessity, I guess, haven't they? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so here we are. Um, so before we carry on, um, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, um, how you got into aviation firstly, um, and also how you got into photography? Um, so got into aviation, I guess, I mean, since birth, my uh, my dad is a pilot, uh, has a Cessna that he flies. Um, it's been in the family since like the 1960s. So uh, that's pretty much where it started. Um, his dad was a pilot in the Navy in the 1950s. He flew the P2V Neptune uh, sub hunter. So that's the predecessor to the P3 Orion and the P8. Uh, and then my uncle was a aircraft maintenance officer in the Navy too. So uh, yeah, I mean, I've been pretty exposed to aviation since like birth. Um, I don't know, anytime a plane flew over when I was little, it was just, I knew exactly what it was and everything, going to air shows since I was born. And yeah, I don't know, I haven't really, I didn't really start photography up until about maybe five years ago, six years ago. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, it's just a hobby. I feel like I'm not the best at it, but it's uh, it's more fun to just be around airplanes, I think. <laughs> it's mad to say it though, because some of your shots are pretty outrageous. I wouldn't say you're not very good at it, but. <laughs> yeah, man, I just, I feel like I've been, uh, I've definitely been blessed with like the area around here and uh, some of the stuff that happens here is pretty wild so that's that always helps yeah yeah definitely oh ideal but um yeah no so but yeah like i say cheers for joining us um so what we're gonna do uh we'll we'll do a little icebreaker um so by now um you'll all know that we'd like to play a little game with our guests and we'll just get them to to get to know them a little bit better um, I was actually fairly intrigued to hear Ant's new game last week, uh, which he called Show, Base and Fly. So that's basically a geek version of Snog, Marry and Avoid. Uh, so we'll do that again on this episode uh, as we have um, a new guest with us today. Um, so for the rest of you listening at home, think about your answers uh, and then post them in the comments below or um, on our video version or on our Instagram page or Facebook group and just let us know what you would say. Uh, all right. So what air show would I like to go to? That's a, that's a tough question because as of lately, I've kind of gone away from the whole like air show side of things. And I'm more just like satisfied, like spotting airplanes on my own and kind of making my own luck. But uh, that's a tough one. I would really like to go to Riyadh at some point. Um, it just looks the amount, I mean, everything, everybody knows, like the variety there is just unbeatable anywhere else in the world. Um, that would probably be my one place to go for an air show. Maybe, I don't know. I've seen the Malaysia air shows get pretty wild or at least their air displays. So that'd be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I can't, I can't really think of one in specific that I would want to go to. I think we all want to go to Riyadh at the moment. It's been two years with another one to wait. <laughs> I know, I know. I, whatever they canceled this year is it was pretty. I know a lot of people over here were bummed because everybody, you know, buys the plane tickets and blocks out that part of their schedule, and then obviously it's not happening this year, so it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, so the next um, one was um, which base would you like to visit? I don't know if I can legally say that because. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I've really wanted to go to to Edwards Air Force Base uh, for a while. It's on my dream sheet for like my my assignments. Um, I just like the idea of like going there and just like touching the ground and knowing like that's where all like modern military aviation got its roots. Uh, Edwards would be really cool. Any of those places out in like the American Southwest, man, like Nellis, Tonopah, all those places, just anything where all the where all the spooky stuff happens is where I'd like to go. <laughs> nice. Yeah, good answer. Um, and then the last one was which aircraft would you like to see fly? Uh, which aircraft would I like to see fly? Anytime ever? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Hmm. That's a tough question, too, because there's a lot that I would have wished I could have seen fly. Um, I feel like it's a pretty – I feel like everybody says this, but I would have really liked to see the SR-71. Yeah. That would be the one airplane that I would want to see fly because I, everybody says you more you feel it more than you see it, and mm. that would have been amazing. Yeah. You'd have probably caught the other end of that as well and filled it up out there as well. So you might have even got a bit closer than all of us. Yeah. Eh, I just I wish I could I could turn back time and, and join the Air Force in the seventies and eighties instead of now because that would have been a thing that would have been a regular thing and they wouldn't have thought anything of it. And now we look back on it and I don't even have it, so. flew over here a few times as well. I didn't they attend a few air shows this this side of it? Yeah, they they came to Riyadh all the time, and then oh. how it is with it, how it is now with the uh, the U twos when they go to Fairford, um, yeah. that's how the SR seventy one used to be. So they used to do detachments at Fairford for like six months at a time. Oh, oh. okay, I didn't Perfect know that. I, I didn't know yeah. that either. I'm also they used... slightly gutted. Obviously, I know. Don't get me wrong. I'm quite a few years late, but <laughs> I'm still a little bit gutted about that. Yeah, that was like their between there and Kadena, um, Japan. That was their like that was their overseas deployment. They would hang out in Fairford and fly missions out of there. And I don't know, they they did it all the time, but obviously not anymore. Which is I, I know we could all we could all uh, be excited if the SR seventy one was still around, but oh well. Yeah, is what it is. But um, yeah, no, cheers for those good answers. Thanks, mate. Yeah. So um, we'll move on to a few more questions. Um, Alex, do you want to get us started? Yeah. Um, so obviously we mentioned before about your occupation of being within the US Air Force. Uh, what would you say is the best part about being a crew chief? Uh, I don't know, honestly. That's a good question. Um, I feel like we kind of like we call ourselves like jacks of all trades, masters of none, obviously, uh, because we really we do the maintenance on the airplanes, but we don't we don't do specific things, right? So like we have the hydraulic systems on the jets and we have avionics and we have the electrical systems and everything. So like we can find out what's wrong, but we can't really like troubleshoot and fix everything. So we kind of, we find out what's wrong and then call somebody else out to fix it for us. So, but there are things that we do um, like tire changes and brakes and stuff like that. And we're just kind of involved with everything. That's probably the best part about it is just being involved with everything and watching a jet taxi out and take off and know that it's flying because of what you did, you know, you put yeah. the fuel on it and you made sure it was safe uh, for the people to go up on. And that's kind of, that's kind of what I tell myself every time I'm working on the jet is like, you know what, like the way I'm doing this, would I, would I be comfortable with the work that I'm doing if I was going to fly on this jet? So that's kind of the way I look at it. And that's the most satisfying part is just knowing that you're enabling it to be able to go out and do the mission, whatever it is. 
Yeah, see, I was about to say, so with that, does do you ever feel a little bit of pressure with that being said? Um, sometimes it's not I wouldn't really say pressure, maybe more like maybe not anxiety. I don't know the word for it, but like, you know, when you're doing a task that you haven't done before or you haven't done in a really long time. Uh and it's just like sometimes you're afraid to ask for help because there's some things that you should know, but then again, there's certain things that we don't do very often. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I guess there's some pressure sometimes, but it's nothing like that you can't manage. It's, it's easy work and you just gotta, we have books that we follow like word for word. So it's, it's no. really easy. No, fair enough. But then, I mean, there's stuff that comes along that's not in the book. So then what do you do then? Yeah. You know, kind of, you gotta ask around some of the older guys who've been there for a while and figure out how to do it. I guess you just don't don't tell the pilots if you've had a quick posture. <laughs> <laughs> there's some things, man. There's there's some things that we'll tell them, and they're just like, "Huh, I didn't know that." Nah. <laughs> they're like, "I, I kind of wish you didn't tell me that." But yeah, no, there's just a quick follow on. Have, have you guys ever pranked anyone with like maintenance, or like made up something that doesn't exist and said, "Oh, have you checked this for someone?" <laughs> that's that dude. That's every day. That's, yeah. that, never, <laughs> uh, awesome. that never ends. Yeah. I was running down the runway, holding like a nut and bolt, and you forgot the east. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Okay. No, yeah, we, we joke a lot between, especially between each other and like, we'll get new kids and we'll ask them to go, uh, to go get some sealant that doesn't exist or something. And they'll go walking from shop to shop for an hour and a half, trying to find whatever it is. And eventually they just give up and figure out that we, that we gave it to them pretty good. <laughs> As someone who's been in the trade industry for about 10 years, I can relate to that one because I've been asked to go to the wholesalers and ask for a long wait, for example. <laughs> uh, I've been asked obviously the obvious ones glass hammer uh, left handed oh, screwdriver things like that you, you do get oh, yeah. a lot of them so but it's part and parcel you have to expect it oh yeah awesome. Mike next question yo so um, obviously uh, you say you haven't got many good shots in your blah 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 but you do have some pretty awesome things and I mean my favourite shot you've got is the F-15 QA where it comes just ripping up out the base. I mean, the sound of that is absolutely awesome. And I swear for the last sort of however long, three, four, six months, however long it's been, all I see on YouTube videos is that clip. I mean, that, that surely must make you feel good seeing that clip go viral. Oh, yeah, man. It was like, so that I've seen them fly and I've seen them do that departure so many times. And every time they do it, it just it sounds so crazy. Like the video that I took definitely does not do it justice. And they, the F-15, especially the new ones, they have such a howl that yeah. like I knew people were going to like it. And I've been trying to record it lately, but I haven't really been successful. But yeah, they, it's nuts watching those things do that, man. Because that specific video that you're talking about was, uh, I believe that that was that jet's first flight. Um, that was QA number eight. And yep. uh, they flew it with, no cfts so you know how the strike eagle has the conformal fuel tanks mm -hmm. um and they can they can take them off for like functional check flights or whatever it is and uh as of lately they've been doing first flights with the qas without them so with that setup with the weight of the cfts taken off and the new engines the the ge f-110s as opposed to the old pratt whitney's that the eagle without cfts is an absolute rocket like 
literally the, the the pilot of that flight he messaged me afterwards and he said yeah we had it uh we had it holding at 90 degrees nose up and accelerating through 520 knots so wow that just that gives you an idea of how powerful the eagle is man they can point the nose straight up and they can accelerate that's crazy like so when, yeah. I, when I first heard that I was just in awe and it was just like replay replay volume up headphones on just like oh that, that. <laughs> dude yes with the volume up with the headphones on I still I get goosebumps I'm getting goosebumps yeah, just thinking about it right now it's just it's in, it's incredible man and like whenever they do an unrestricted departure is when it's the best because it just absolutely hauls yeah that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, have you got a uh, favorite shot that you've taken so far? Um, I've said in the past that one of my shots from Oshkosh in 2019 is probably my favorite, which it might be. Uh, the F-22, everybody calls it the Raptor Apocalypse, and it was, uh, mm. it was a Twilight demo that they flew. Um, I think it was like Saturday, so it was like almost the end of Oshkosh. And uh, yeah, there was like this storm cloud that was like, moving to the south and it made this awesome backdrop for the raptor and then they did uh they did pyro and it like made this really like black cloud and so when he flew through it it just like the contrast and everything the colors like it was bright orange and black and the afterburners it's just nuts and yeah that's probably the more i think about it's probably my favorite shot i just i wish i would have had better equipment then because it could have been better but it's still i mean the memory is still there so the thing is, I know exactly the sort of shot. And to be fair, the day that you're on about, because obviously I follow, I'm sure the other guys do as well, follow a few different um, US-based aviation photographers out there. And the shots that did come from that, basically that evening were outrageous. Oh, dude, uh, it's legendary. Everybody yeah. that, like, between that and like a couple other nights at Oshkosh, like I'll, that's probably the most memorable, like air show memory, like that I'll never forget. That was just something that's just, amazing yeah yeah nice um are you interested in um any other types of photography as well or not really man like i literally just kind of anytime i shoot anything it's airplanes i've never really <laughs> never really shot anything else don't really have the desire to and just anytime i pick up a camera it's pointed at an airplane so <laughs> mate <laughs> fair play honestly fair play i don't blame you yeah um uh, what so what camera brand do you use are you nikon canon canon so i'm i'm pretty i think i've been specifically i've been canon my whole time like the whole time i've ever had a camera even from when i was little with just like a little point and shoot it was always canon and that's what i've stuck with ever since i i feel like there's like a rivalry between canon and nikon and i don't know what it, i don't know why but i don't know i just i'll never shoot with the nikon <laughs> <laughs> although it's funny you say that Smike, when we were at um, Lake and Heath and Mildenhall, I got really confused because at one point you handed someone a camera and he went, oh, Nikon. And then about an hour later, you handed me a camera that was Canon. Mate, I've got Canons, I've got Nikons. I used to have a Cybershop thing. I, I like the Olympus. I've had everything. I really don't care. I'm, uh, <laughs> no, honestly. I mean, because <laughs> I mean, in all the honesty, it doesn't matter. Mode, yeah, the thing that confused me most, I didn't realise you had two cameras. So I thought either I was being stupid or the person that you offered the first camera to was. So I was like, I'm sure earlier yeah. on he said, oh, Nikon, this is Canon. But turns yeah. out you're not that bothered and have both. Yeah, my Nikon 1300D as it is. <laughs> 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 Folded into one. Uh, yeah, I'm not. 
us. But like, like, like Alex says, you know, you can pretty much get any pin from any pin. You know, it's just personal preference. What uh, model do you have, Alex? Um, right now, I'm shooting with the Canon 5DS, and uh, I think I got it. I got it in January, and like, I've been. I went through like through during the fall of this last year. I was trying to figure out what kind of camera to get that would be better because I wanted. Obviously, everybody wants to improve their stuff, so. I don't know. I got a I got a 70 Mark II, which everybody was like, yeah, it's a great camera. And I wasn't really satisfied with it. And uh, I don't remember who it was. Somebody told me to like look up the specs for the Canon 5DS. And I looked at it and I looked at reviews and everything and I got it and I love it because it's it's a full frame as opposed to a crop sensor. So you don't get as much zoom. But what you do get is really high resolution because mm -hmm. it's 50 megapixels. So it's it's really nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah, fair play. Cool. So, Alex, um, favorite base you've either visited, been stationed at for shooting, or uh, you know, for aviation photography? And obviously, what sort of lens setup are you looking at there? Are you, are you going for stuff that's sort of nice and compact, or are you just trying to get big lens, go get something from across the sort of airstrip as such? I don't know. It really depends. I mean, most of the time, pretty much my go-to is always the, the 100 to 400 millimeter, and that's just pretty much always what I use. I just upgraded to the, like the new version that Canon has. So that's, that's what I use all the time. And then um, whenever I shoot from the boom pod in the KC 135, I use like an 18 to 55 millimeter. Do you, um, do you find you're always carrying both lenses when you go out like on base rather than the air as such? Yeah, pretty much anywhere I go, I have my backpack with my camera gear in it. And uh Cause I've, I've been bitten in the past where like I've seen something and I was like, dang, I should really have my camera for that. So I yeah. pretty much anywhere I go now, I always have my, uh, my gear on me. So you haven't lost the lens out of the pod at the back of the window. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's, it's all, it's all sealed up good. But I mean, you could drop something down into the, the bottom of the plane and never get yeah. it back. Cause it'll just, it'll yeah. roll some into some crevice. And that's, that's what we want to avoid. Cause that's, uh, that's pod. <laughs> and, and obviously so, so what, what what would you say your favorite base has been for shooting uh, like planes and such for shooting i don't even know i'd have to think milden hall was really cool because it's just so different it's so uh it's so foreign to us man like we're over here shooting this stuff and then you land in milden hall and you got a freaking a nato AWACS doing pattern work and that's something that you never ever see in the u.s and it's just and it's common practice in in Mildenhall they'll come and do pattern work all the time but yeah I think that was probably one of the more fun places I've shot I'm trying to think spotting wise I don't even know what my favorite base that I've visited is I guess it's maybe I mean variation of we've seen a lot so compared to us yeah I think if I had more time uh Pearl Harbor Hickam would have been really fun to shoot because the raptors that fly out of there they they go pretty crazy because they have to do unrestricted climbs to avoid Honolulu when they take off. So they just go straight up. Oh, wow. Um, but I did go when I was in Hawaii last, I did go to uh, Marine Corps Air Station Hawaii, which is across the island. It's on the north side. I think it's Kanoe Bay. Everybody just calls it K Bay. But it was really cool, man. Like we went, we walked down this trail to a beach and I had my camera on me and it just happened to be one of the, uh, I can't remember which squadron, but an Osprey came right over the beach and it was the, uh, oh, it's the lucky, I think it's the lucky red lines is what they're called. And it was their CAG bird. So it was all painted up and it was just really lucky to be on the, to be on the beach and this Osprey comes over and I happen to have my camera. So that was, that was cool. Awesome. That's class. That is cool. I can't think, 
I can't think of anything specifically from any base that I would like. Any trip I go on is is fun, man. Like, I I don't know. They're all they're all good to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, tell us about your Instagram. So you recently flew past fifty k followers, which is a pretty impressive number. Um, how long did it take you to get there? Um, and obviously, on top of that, have you got any tips for people that are just starting out on Instagram? Um, yeah, so I feel like my story, like my Instagram is not typical whatsoever. Like I started my, I've had Instagram forever since I was in like middle school. And uh, I started the photography one, I think it was during Oshkosh in 2019. I was talking to one of my buddies and they were like, yeah, you should, you know, you're, you've you been taking pictures at Oshkosh for four years already, whatever it is. And so I decided to start it and I didn't really do much with it for about a year. And then uh, I think whenever COVID started, when I was bored and I wasn't working, I started posting more and kind of interacting more. And that's kind of where it took off. And I didn't really get a crazy amount of followers right away or likes or anything like that. But then I think it was like December of last year, I went on a trip uh, to refuel. What were we? Uh, we were going to Hawaii, actually. It was on the way to Hawaii. But before we went, we were going to do a C-17. And for some reason, I posted a reel of this C-17 and the like everybody I, I guess there's no videos of c17s refueling because it went crazy and it literally got like 6.2 million views and then <laughs> that's where my followers came from and i've been dude i've been accused of like buying followers because like it came out of nowhere it went from like four thousand people following me to like 54 in like a span of like three days and, everybody's like, <laughs> <"What the heck?" laughs> and yeah. i was dude every every time i would check my phone i would have 500 new followers i just i'd didn't understand it. It was the weirdest thing. That reel but is currently on a sixteen point one million views. Sixteen point one now. That's yeah, awesome. that's that's the one that did it, and it's it's so strange to me because the C seventeen is just to me it's boring, and I don't, <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't I don't know why people took it and ran with it. But I guess if you it, like any tips for anybody starting on Instagram and you want to get like a big following, like I guess post a reel of a C seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> No, in, in all seriousness, like I think it, reels are really where like the followers come from. I feel like uh, I feel like Alex can attest to that, which is so weird because it's just it's the weirdest thing. I don't know. You can, you know, you post a jet like through the mock loop, and it has like a good sound to it, and it has like good visuals, and it'll just it'll blow up, and you'll get followers from it. And... Well, considering it's videos on a image based app, considering the videos get the most followers. Yeah, and views. It's, it's it's so weird. It's quite annoying as well, but yeah, at the end of the day, you if it depends what you want to do with Instagram. Sometimes you, sometimes you've just got to play the Instagram game, haven't you? At the end of the day, if reels are what get the followers, and you're looking for a following base, you play their game. Um, which is funny because you said you were accused of buying followers. Yeah, and it's Mr. AV Geeks assemble behind the main page. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure on a daily basis at one point you were accused of buying followers. I was for about three weeks, yeah. I couldn't afford followers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that I got no yeah, chance. To me, that that doesn't make any sense to me. I would never no. buy I don't care I don't care about the likes, I don't care about the follows. I just I don't know. I just like getting my stuff out there. Cool share stuff, that's awesome. Like I say yeah. if, if, if you awesome shots, which you are, you're gonna get the followers naturally come. You get shared, people post it around and you numbers come up. That's yep. 
Yeah. No, it is what it is. You know, it's just the way Instagram works at the moment. And it is a shame they're focusing more on reels and videos than they are photography on a photo-based app. But Agreed. it is what it is. But So we've got some um, questions from the uh, community. Um, so we're going to start with uh, fire striking underscore aviation. So Alex, uh, what is the most memorable moment you've had whilst being in the US Air Force? Ooh, that's a good question. Honestly, uh, I don't know, man. There's been so many that like I just I always remember. Um, I can't even think of one specifically. Most memorable moment? I don't know. Actually, I can think of one. It's it's actually really. A really cool thing that I was not expecting so we were we call it dragging fighters so we were dragging f-22s from Hawaii to the mainland U.S. so into California and I remember so we took off at like 1 a.m. and we were like so there were four f-22s that went first we were lined up on the taxiway behind them in front of us was a, a KC-10 um, who was also doing the drag with them so there were two tankers and four jets and I remember it was like 1 a.m. in Hawaii. And I just remember the Raptors taking off and like 50 foot flame out the back, like just loud rumbling at 1 a.m. Just waking everybody up. And then, <laughs> so we do like whenever we do a flight like that. So we got clearance from air traffic control to go as a flight. So the Raptors went and then 15 seconds later, the KC-10 goes. And then 15 seconds after them, we went. So we took off and we were following behind this KC-10. And I remember our pilot was talking to his co-pilot and he's like, Hey man, remember to stay out of the wake of that KC 10 because it's, it's gnarly. I mean, if you know what wake turbulence is, it's uh, it can be a really gnarly thing. And we were following them, like climbing through 10,000 feet to get to our cruise altitude. And we hit the wake of that KC 10 man. And I was sitting there like half asleep, just kind of not, like not really doing anything. And I remember waking up like that fast because the airplane, we hit their wake and our jet was like 90 degrees on the side. Whoa. And I remember like looking, looking forward into the cockpit and like seeing the the attitude indicator and it was like straight up and down and they, they immediately grabbed the, the controls and like threw it back. And yeah, that one woke us all up pretty good. Um, <laughs> Better than any coffee. Then, uh, yeah, really. Like it, it gets your blood pumping and you're like, what the heck just happened? They were like, yeah, we hit the wake of that KC-10. It, it's, it's gnarly stuff. But that, that same flight, I think I'll probably remember this until the day I die, but we were back. Um, I was laying in the pod with the boom operator and it was a really dark night, man. Like it was black. Like we had the window open and we were like looking out and you could not see anything. Like there was no moon, no stars. We were above the clouds. So there's like a cloud deck below us and you couldn't see the ocean. You couldn't see anything. It was black. And um, the F-22, so it was like the flight of four. So they sent one jet to each tanker to do like an AR, a pre-AR check. So a pre-air refueling check just to see if everything works, you know, like see if our lights are good and see if, uh, see if the boom works fine and everything. We'll just do like one quick contact and then they'll, they'll go back to their own formation. And they went to the KC-10 first and then they, they radioed to us and they were like, Hey, we're going to come over and do our AR check. Um, I'll be a mile aft and like the boomer will clear him to come in. And I remember the boomer talked to him and he said, all right, you're cleared. You're cleared aft to like come up to the jet and we were sitting there like I said it was black and like you're looking into this like soup of nothing and me and the boomer are sitting there like looking out waiting like is this dude gonna come up with lights on like is he gonna is he gonna tell us when he's close and he said hey like whatever our call sign was he, he radioed he said I'm 50 feet aft and like we could not see him and I remember he, like 
I was sitting there staring into the black and all of a sudden I see this silhouette of this raptor like coming up in the dark, dude. It was the coolest thing. Like he had no lights on. His cockpit was dark. Like he was just like he was obviously like our jet had a light on it. So he he could see us, but we could not see him until he was within maybe like 25 feet. And it was the coolest thing to watch this raptor come out of the black and all you see is a silhouette and then all of a sudden he just appears. It was it was it was crazy. That is seriously cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's outrageous. Oh mate. I, I literally it's like painting a picture of me trying to imagine it myself as Yeah, well. I was as well. That is class. Yeah, it was like the like what I related to, I was like, it's like a shark, man, like in the middle of the night, like coming up to your boat. Like that's just what it was. It was the coolest thing. And then like the raptor has a cool profile in itself. So just seeing that like come up out of the dark, yeah, that's probably that's probably one thing I'll never forget. Did the uh, did the entire four ship do that? Come up dark? No, so it was really weird because they all had different lights set up. So like one guy had like no lights, one guy just had like navigation lights, one guy just had like his AR doors open. So like when the AR doors open on the Raptor, there's a light that's inside of it. And there was like one guy who did that. And then one guy had just had like strobes. I don't know. It was weird. They all had different setups. It was, it was strange. They were just messing around with you, I guess. They were trying to see if they could, if they could throw the boom operator off or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, so another question we've got from uh, G.Edmead underscore photos. Um, so if you weren't in the U.S. Air Force, what occupation would you like to be in? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I'm going for a degree in cybersecurity right now. So the one thing that I've been fascinated with, like the past year or two, is um, artificial intelligence. And to me, that just it blows my mind how all that stuff works. And it's just it can be incorporated into anything. So I don't know, something like that, maybe. Um uh, maybe something aviation related. It would have to be aviation related if I wasn't in the Air Force already. Yeah, yeah, fair play. Yeah, ideal. Um, and then the last one, <clears throat> Rocketman Aviation says, Breaker Breaker 19, got myself a lot of lizards. <laughs> Julius, man, we got, we got all the inside jokes, me and Julius. <laughs> See, I'm glad you got that because Alex sent it to me and I said... Is that right? And he went, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't have a clue. Uh, he, said, he sent it to me and I have no idea. What is is there about. a story behind that that can be shared? Yeah, that was just us messing around at Yuma, man. Like he was, we're just sitting there in between stuff flying at, at Yuma down in Arizona. We were just saying random, random stuff to each other. And that's something that I said. And he, <laughs> he thought it was the funniest thing in the world. For some reason. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Well, I say, I'm just glad you got it because I was sat here going, please know what I'm on about because otherwise, <laughs> oh, yeah, we're gonna, otherwise we're going to edit that part out. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's what we got from online. So for those of you that ask questions, thank you. Uh, we appreciate that. Um, but Alex, have you got any questions for us? Not really, man. You guys are you guys are doing a good job. Like I said earlier, I'm excited to, to finally be on this. I know it's something we were talking about for a while and uh, – I'm glad to see you guys follow through with it because I know I threw the idea back and forth of doing a podcast and then I got busy mm. with, with life and everything and didn't work out for me, but I'm, I'm really glad you guys are doing it and it's, it's really cool. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And like I say, we're, we're grateful for your time, obviously, because obviously we're, we're literally opposite ends of the, uh, the ocean at the moment. So it's, it's, um, we're grateful that you've, you've made the time for us. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, no worries. 
But um, yeah, to be fair, um, chaps, have you got any more questions for Alex? I could sit here all day and ask stuff. To be completely honest. Um, Fair enough. So, uh, a quick one. Do you, obviously, you take um, take a camera off you all the time, and you know, I know you sort of try and use an iPhone every now and again. Um, have you ever actually sat down and tried to get into photography with um, like doing a class, actually trying to have a lesson in photography, or are you just taking it as you go, you know, happy go lucky sort of thing? No, I've kind of, I kind of pondered the idea of like taking a photography class or like at least doing it as an elective um, with my college classes. But the more I think about it, the more I just like doing it like as a hobby, as something fun. And I don't want to like take it too seriously. Like sometimes yeah. it feels like work. And whenever it starts to feel like that yeah. for me, I kind of, I take a step back and I'm like, ah, got to remember that this is just like for fun. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I kind of, I, I would take a class like that just to learn more about the cameras and like how it works and everything. But I don't know. I just I haven't yet, so we'll see. Maybe. I, I mean, like when we go spotting, I mean, I'm, I don't I don't use Instagram like work or anything. I post some like, some random stuff every now and again. Use it for a bit of fun. Obviously, a few of the other boys are very into it and find it a good way to use it to get out there, get published, and you know meet other people as such. Um, but do you ever go spotting with someone and like have talks about gear and all that sort of stuff? Would you try and mostly roll around by yourself when you go spotting? Oh, no. Yeah. I spotlit people all the time um, who know way more about cameras than I do. So I'm yeah. like, I'm always asking questions. I'm like, hey, what should I be using for like what like, you know, like focal points and like how should I have this set up working? And like, I don't I don't know the first thing about cameras. And <laughs> so <laughs> I'm always asking questions. Yeah, no, brilliant. No, that's got to be done. Um, no, that's cool. You always got anything? Like, so I'd say all day. <laughs> Uh, no, I think I'm good actually. I've uh, I've been speaking to Alex for a long time, so uh, I've asked pretty much everything I want to ask to him. I've bothered <laughs> him all the time with questions. Well, I'll follow up from uh, uh, something I did get asked a little while ago. Got the time on it. Um, we've obviously what you're doing. You're in quite a secretive job for some aspect of it. Obviously, we can stand on a fence line shooting. Um, have you ever taken photos on base? You know, like within the actual um, base as such, and. Have you ever found you've taken photos that you can't post or shouldn't post? Or do you, do you find yourself being restrictive on that quite a lot? Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of stuff like that. Like, we, I'm, it's really lame. We get in arguments with our, um, with our flight line security forces people all the time about it because we have, like, 60-year-old airplanes, right? And they don't let us take pictures of them on the flight line. And, I mean, everybody does it. <laughs> But whenever they catch you, they they try to tell you you have to delete them and everything, and it's just it's it's so lame. But yeah, I, I shoot on base and I don't get caught because I know where to go and like the cool <laughs> places. And obviously, obviously, I'm not going to post something like super sensitive or whatever. But yeah. there has been times where I've been like told to delete pictures, uh, specifically for like the E6B Mercury. I don't know if you know, like if you guys know what that jet is. It's basically, it looks like a, it's a 707. It's like a white 707 that the Navy flies. Right. And uh, it does the same mission as the E-4B, the Night Watch. Um, it's just uh, like a doomsday jet, man. Like if oh, the world. Right. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I took pictures of that um, on base and security forces. People were like, yeah, you got to delete that. Um, it's all, it's like a sensitive aircraft. So yeah. I don't know. It's nothing that you can't see on Google. So it doesn't make any sense to me, but whatever. <laughs> I'll do what they. I'll do what they tell me. They have a gun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fair enough. 
Yeah. Actually, I do have uh, one more question, obviously, before we get things wrapped up. Um, what's your opinion of the KC135? Are you a fan of it? I mean, I'm assuming so, but, like, you know, what do you think of it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great airplane. It's been around forever. Um, it does its mission perfectly, better than any other jet, obviously. I mean, they're retiring the KC-10 already because it's just – it's too expensive and it, it's too too complex for maintenance because – it's just too hard to work on. And the KC-46 is still getting all of its bugs worked out and it's slowly but surely coming. But yeah, the 135 is a good jet. I mean, it's it's obviously going to have its problems, you know, being 60 some odd years old. But yeah. other than that, it's it's solid, man. Like you could you could go a year or two without working on anything on it and it would still fly fine. But I mean, our standards are obviously not like that. So anytime anything <laughs> needs to be fixed we fix it so it, it just yeah. continues the lifespan of it so, but it's yeah, a great yeah. airplane um a lot of guys that i know who have switched from the kc-135 to go work on the kc-46 say they'll yeah. never go back to they'll never go back to the 135 oh really because the kc-46 is just so much better in every aspect uh just like working on it and everything they took a lot of what they did with the c-17 and put it in the KC-46 so you can just plug in like a computer to it and it'll tell you what's wrong with it and it'll like it'll run diagnostics on itself and try to fix itself and it's just so much easier than what we're dealing with yeah did you see wow. the uh, photo recently at Milton Hall of the was it 135 the KC-10 was it a KC-46 that were all sort of in a line together did you guys see that it was a Vo oh no it was the um was the Voyager the 135 and i think it was the um 10 as well Tasty. it was just a size difference between the three yeah, it's like, mental isn't the 135 it 135 is just like this oh yeah huge the kc10 is massive compared to our jet man they carry i think twice as much fuel as we carry wow which is crazy and then the b2 can carry twice as much fuel as we can carry a lot of people don't realize that either wow well, pretty yeah, crazy. No, i didn't know that yeah <laughs> didn't know that so just quickly, you're not going to be a fan of the new boom operating sort of thing where it's, it's all now a computer, isn't it, rather than looking out the window? Yeah, I know. Everybody's mad about that. But if you think about it, it really it really does make sense because so the way Boeing did it with their um, 767 assembly line, if you think about it, you're not going to design a whole new thing that you have to implement into your assembly line as opposed to just putting a camera on the bottom of the airplane. So, like, I get their logic, but, yeah, it does kind of no take the fun out of it. Hey. Yeah, no more no more opening the window and having it right in your face. It's always yeah. the best part about it, but oh, it makes it. sense. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. No, fair enough. Um, well, that just about gets us back to base after another flight. Uh, Alex, we hope you enjoyed it and there wasn't too much turbulence. Um, what we'll do now before we finish up, we'll go around the group so you can find us on uh, social media. Um, so obviously tags and what we're on Instagram or Facebook. Um, Alex, Captain Alex of AD Geeks Assemble, <laughs> you first. Do you want to let us know um, what we've got? Yes. Yeah, so uh, obviously I am and we are at, uh, at AV Geeks underscore Assemble. Um, we also have Facebook, YouTube, Spotify. Apple Podcasts. Uh, There's probably a few other things, but yeah, it's all AV Geeks underscore something. Type us in on whatever you're on and we'll probably pop up. Yeah. It's Mike, how about you, mate? Me, I'm simply at Smike Buckley, S-M-I-K-E-B-U-C-K-L-E-Y. And that's just Instagram? Just Instagram. Just Instagram. Um, and Alex, our guest of this podcast, what about yourself, mate? 
Uh, I'm just on Instagram, Viking Arrow Images, man. That's that's the only place I kind of hang out. Everything else is just personal Pretty stuff sad. that I don't really post Most of my followers uh, follow you as well anyway, so they'll know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nice one. No, cheers for that, mate. Um, but yeah, thank you all so much for joining us for episode nine of the AV Geeks Assemble podcast. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Uh, please drop us a DM on Instagram or join the Facebook group if you want to give us any feedback. We do appreciate any feedback. We do, um, we do listen, uh, so thank you. Um, in episode 10, we will have another special guest on the podcast. So this time we'll be speaking to another pilot and photographer. Uh, we've spoken to a fast jet pilot. We've spoken to a helicopter pilot. So we thought it was about time to speak to a multi-engine transport pilot. So namely, he flies a C-17 out of Charleston Air Force Base in South Carolina. Uh, so if you can figure out who we mean and you'd like to get your question answered by this aviation photographer with a very unique perspective, uh, please DM us uh, on Instagram um, or at avgeeks underscore assemble, as Alex has said. Um, or we'll start a topic on our Facebook group um, for you to post your questions in there. Um, but yeah, thank you again for this week's guest, Alex. Uh, we do appreciate your time, as I've said. Uh, we do look yeah, forward thanks. to seeing more of your images over the summer months from stateside air shows. Looking forward to those. Yeah, uh, thanks yeah, for having me, man. You. I'm I'm looking I'm looking forward to it as well. Uh, hopefully, uh, we can get some good stuff. Yeah, no, 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 definitely, mate. And obviously, with the majority of our big air shows cancelled, we will be watching <laughs> with. Uh, Watching with envy. We've still got some stuff, but you know, react <laughs> cats. Yeah, it's, it's not <laughs> the same. But uh, but yeah, thank you. Uh, and for everyone else, uh, stay safe out there, and we'll see you at the fence.